Good morning. <laughs> Dear brothers, sisters, and friends, I thank God for the privilege of having the meditation of his word this day. I hope that all of you will be edified in the light of the word of God. I don't know if we have a friends in here. In case we have it, to all of you, thank you for being with us. As you can see on the screen, the message of the cross. And I will be using the English standard version. And I'm going to ask uh, mi hermano, Jonathan, to read, please, when I ask you. The cross is one of the best known symbols of Christianity. But it means more, much, and more deeper than the cross of the Calvary. Christ came into this world to save sinners. And we see from the Bible that salvation really began at the cross. That was the commission of our Lord. Let's start and look chapter 9, verse 23, please. The cross, what I say is it mentioned several times in the Bible, but most significantly uh, in Paul's letter. In this passage, Luke 9, 23, we see that having thus outlined his own future, the Lord invited to the disciples to follow him. This means denying themselves and each taking up their own cross. Question. Does mean carrying a cross and the neck? I saw, I saw a lot of people, it's a big cross and the neck. Or maybe somebody in, the, in this world carrying a cross. No, it's not. It is denying themselves. And this means voluntarily the Lincolnship or claim right to plan or choose and to acknowledge his lordship in all areas of life. In other words, taking up the cross means deliberately choosing the kind of life that Christ lived. This involves this, but it also involves taking Hold of the life that is truly life. It means finally finding the reason for our existence. But Christ's words is anyone want to be coming after me mean that no one is excused or accepted. Rome used the cross as a brutal method of as securing criminals, but through the sacrifice of Jesus, the message of the cross became a message of, of hope and life. The cross means different things to different people. In the gospel story for Pilate, the governor of Judea, he was there, and innocent men died. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, on the other hand, saw the cross as, a, as they took 
to eliminate the problem. In the society, the cross represents punishment for a shameful crime. Knowing the perfection of her son's life and his identity as the son of God, Mary knew that he not deserved the cross. She also had no doubt the cross was fulfillment of a prophecy. In Luke chapter 2, verse 34 and 35, Simeon was one of the faithful remains of the Jews who were awaiting for the coming, the coming of the Messiah. The Holy Spirit had communicated to him that he will not see death before he has seen the Christ or anointing of the Lord. Luke describes that after his initial outburns or, or praising God for the Messiah, Simeon turned to the parents and blessed them. Then he prophetically addressed Mary. The prophecy he authored was made up of four parts. First of all, those who were arrogant and repented and unbelieving were going to experience downfall and punishment. Those who humble themselves, repent of their sins and receive the Lord Jesus will experience uplift and blessing. Secondly, there was a special significance of the presence of Christ. His very presence on earth proved to the, be a strong uh, rebuke of sin and um, godliness and therefore aroused the biting in the human heart. The third, Simeon foretold with those words the pain that would overwhelm Mary's soul when he saw the crucifixion of her son. For how a person reacts to the Savior is a test of his inner motivation and affection in this way. Simeon's psalm includes the ideas of a touchstone, a stumbling stone, a climbing stone, and a sword. Paul took hold of the message of the cross in his letters. We see how much he valued the cross. The cross terminated all of this life and preaching. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Someone say, just pray please for me. Appropriate. The Greeks were lovers of wisdom. This is the, the literal mean of the world uh, philosophers. But there was nothing in the gospel message that appealed on their pride or knowledge or for us who are saved. The gospel is the power of God. Those who hear the message accepted by faith and the miracle or generation takes place in their lives. Let's see the, the solemn reality in this verse. That 
There are only two kinds of people. Those who perish and those who are saved. There is no immediately, immediately class. Men may love their human wisdom, but only the gospel leads to salvation. Man cannot, by his own wisdom, come to the knowledge of God. According to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 21, For centuries God gave the human race the opportunity to do this, and the result was resounding failure. Then it placed God to save through the preaching of the cross, the preaching the same that seems madness to men to save believers. The madness of the what he preaching refers to the cross. Naturally, we know that it is no madness, but it seems madness to the on the lineage mind, mind, mind of men. We should not quickly skin over it, but ponder deeply its tremendous, tremendous thoughts. Those reference clearly show that the cross is the crucial key, the very means by which we can follow Jesus on the new and living path to sanctification. That is why why the message of the cross is one of the most central and crucial pillars of the gospel. Do you know what is mean of the cross? Once again, I am not talking about cross around the neck because many wear a cross on a chain. Basically, the meaning of the cross is death. In crucifixion, a person was either bound or nailed to a wounded cross and lay hanging on there until they die. Death will be a slow and terrible pain. However, because of Christ and his death on the cross, the meaning of the cross today is completely different. Completely different. Do you know why? In Christianity, the cross is the encounter of God's love and his justice. Justice In the Gospel of John, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 29, what does it say? Jesus Christ in the Lamb. What does it say, please? Oh, you haven't changed? <laughs> Thank you. Sorry. The next day after the visit of the Pharisees from Jerusalem, John looked out and saw Jesus coming towards him in the excitement of enthusiasm of the moment. He exclaimed, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's clear. Among the Jews, the Lamb was an animal used in sacrifice. God had taught his chosen people to emulate a lamb and sprinkle his blood as a sacrifice. The lamb was slammed as a substitute and his blood was 
share to, to, to the sin, mind the forgiven. Those lamb were images or types pointing of the fact God will one day provide a lamb that will actually take away sin. Throughout the centuries, pure Jews have waited to the coming of this lamb. The time has finally come. And John the Baptist triumphantly announced the arrival of the true Lamb of God. When he saw, when he said that Jesus takes away the sin of the world, he did not mean that the sin of all, all are forgiven for that very reason. Christ's death was worth enough to pay for the sins of the whole world. But only those sinners who receive the Lord Jesus as the Savior are forgiven. Only the one. This is the fundamental message of the Bible. The story of redemption. We know that God created the heavens and the earth. He created men and women in his image and put them in the garden of Eden to be his, uh, his uh, stewards on earth. However, due to the temptations of Satan, the serpent, Adam and Eve sinned and fell from God's, God's grace. Furthermore, they have passed on the curse on the curse of sin to their children. So that all may uh, endure their sin and guilt, and guilt, but God the Father sent his only begotten son into the world to take the form of a man and be the savior of his people. As the sinner's son of God, he could offer spotless sacrifice, sacrifice that God required. God justly demands judgment and punishment for sin. God's love moved him to send his only begotten son to be the propitiation of sin. According to John, this passage you know a lot through John 3.16. This verse contains several great truths. First of all, it tells us what that the initiative, initiative of salvation belongs to God. It was God who sent his son because he loved the whole of humanity to such an extent. There will be no gospel or salvation if we are not for the love of God. Secondly, it tells us about the breath of God's love. God love, loved and loves to the world to the world. Not only a nation, nor to the good ones, nor to those who love him, but to the whole world. Because of Jesus anointing sacrifice on the cross. Those who put their faith 
and trust in him alone for salvation are guaranteed eternal life. However, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25, so Jesus called his followers to take up their cross and follow him. The Lord expresses pain, uh, plainly what it is involved in being his disciple. Self denial, cross bearing, and following. Denying themselves is not the same as self denial. So, denying themselves is not the same as self denial. It means surrendering to his control such a way that the self has no rights. Taking up the cross means being willing to suffer reproach, suffering and perhaps maritandum to his sake, die to sin, self, and the world. Follow him means living as he lived, with all his implies of humanity, poverty, compassion, love, grace, and all other godly virtues. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, see in this passage that believers is identified with whom? With Christ. Where? In his death. death. Not only was he crucified on Calvary, but he was also crucified there on him. That means may uh, my end as a sinner before God. It means the end of me as son of Adam, as a man under condemnation of the law and my old, my old unrenegated self. The old and evil me has been crucified. He has no more demands on my daily life. This is true of my position before God. It should be true of my conduct. The believer does not cease to live as a personally or as an individual, but he one who is sent by God as having died is not the same uh, one who lives. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The, the Savior did not die for me so I could live at my pleasure. He died for me so that from now on, he could live his life in me. What I know, live in this human body, I live in the faith of the Son of God. Faith means truth or dependence. The Christian, the Christian lives by continue depending on Christ, suffering to him, letting Christ live his life in him, brothers, sisters, live a holy life, not out of fear of punishment, but 
out of love for the Son of God. Who loved you and give himself. How we being crucified with Christ? How? Legally, God see us as if we had died with Christ. Because our, our sins died with him. We are no longer condemned. We don't have no condemnation. Our Christian life means when in unity with him, we die to the old life. In our daily lives, we have repeatedly had no crucified our, uh, our sin, sinful desires that have tried to keep us from following Christ. This is also a way to die with him. Before believing in Christ, our natures was evil. What does Colossians Colossian chapter 2, verse 14 and 15 say? Oh, Colossians, sorry. By his death on the cross and his subsequent resurrection and ascension, the Lord Jesus also defeated the principles and powers of evil. Publicity displaying then and triumphing over them. His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension were a glorious triumph over all the hosts of hell or Satan. I conclude, I'm going to conclude with a question to the friend. Have you given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ asking in prayer that he is manifesting you? This is why you should think about it. If you are not sure, you must ask, how can I have an eternal life? In the present life, you have to make it your decision because after death, you're not going to choose. You don't have a time to choose. Because our redemption is closer than ever. Jesus coming soon. I don't know when. But you don't know when the death coming to you. A lot of people, we've been preaching for long. Maybe I, I've been hearing the message. Uh, 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 maybe uh, 40, 50. Maybe a lot of people say, I have 80 years old. And I will listen, Jesus coming, Jesus coming. What about you? If the death coming for you. You have to be prepared. I know that redemption is very close than ever. Let's close in prayer. Lord, may those words remain engraved in our, our minds and may they illuminate our lives. In the name of the Jesus, we pray. Amen.